Good morning. I'm Tim Neubauer, and welcome to Safety Unlocked, the morning podcast. I'm Craig Edwards. And I'm Dave Bittner. Today is Friday, September 15th, 2023. Our morning podcasts are focused on current safety topics. Craig, what's today all about? So we'll start this time with uh, a food theme. It's National Double Cheeseburger Day. I love language. Yeah, I was just, I, I, just sitting outside a Whole Foods smelling their cheeseburgers cooking. I, I got it. As I grow older, I have found out that buying the 73% content, uh, the cheapy stuff for burgers, which is how I lived most of my life, are no longer good enough. I like that grass fed, free range. I like that expensive stuff. I actually, there's a. Um, um, brisket burger that the uh, uh the butcher down the road from me has that i absolutely love i'll just determine what i'm having for dinner tonight <laughs> just keep in line with the day right <laughs> yeah so <clears throat> i don't know I, dave and i were talking about this yesterday uh tim i don't know if you've ever had one of the uh beyond uh burgers they're actually pretty good they are. So and, I've wanted to try one. It has been very interesting to me. So I'm, I am interested in talking about this, but I was uh, trying one of the national weight loss uh, programs when those things first came out. And um, when I compared points to points or it, there was no benefit from eating a real hamburger versus the Beyond Burger for weight loss. And so that kind of Maybe not want to pay more money for it, but I'm interested. It tasted good. Yeah. So full disclosure, uh, I've been a vegetarian for uh, about 17, 18 years now. So <clears throat> I've I've worked my way through all of the early uh, rhymes with. Uh, well, I can't think of anything to rhyme with. So Morningstar uh, <laughs> Farms. Uh, um, I. You know, they they were probably the first to come out with with uh, substitutes for uh, things like chicken nuggets and uh, beef and uh, fried chicken patties and things like that. So they still have. Uh, I still find some of their food is is very tasty, uh, but Beyond Burger is probably the closest substitute to a real burger that you'll find as far as taste and texture. I'm um I'm willing to try it. And Dave, no, that's a huge statement for me. I'm willing yeah, to try it. It is. It is. And actually, you know, um, so I went that direction for, for several months and and ate them on vacation. And they were actually uh they were actually pretty tasty. So they were uh it, it, unbelievably comparable to the real thing. Huh. I mean color texture flavor everything if i didn't tell you that it was that you would be like what no you know <laughs> you guys pick at me for being a picky eater and the ultimate test of that would be give it to jack because you can hand jack a raw steak and if it doesn't come from me he'll sniff it set it down sniff it determine if it's actually raw steak i i'd like him to uh, my aussie Shepard to see if he would uh, determine if it's real or not. 
<laughs> All right, you try it first. Don't don't give it to a dog. I will. 30,000 30, <laughs> times amplified smell. That's not a fair test. No. Nah. So keeping with a, uh, a food theme, it's also National Linguini Day. Oh, now you're speaking love. Tim's love language. <laughs> yep, yep. Although linguini and a double cheeseburger, not sure they go together. Oh, I bet if you chop one up and put it on there. Yeah, to take uh, away the bun is good. Probably. I mean, um, yeah, linguini is probably not my favorite pasta. I prefer fettuccine or uh, just regular spaghetti. <clears throat> But, uh, I mean, it all depends on what you put on it, right? The, the sauce that you use or, you know, all the other ingredients that, that, that go into it that, that make the uh, pasta uh, palatable. Um, it, and the last one we'll talk about is uh, it's National POW MIA Recognition Day. Oh, that's um, an important day. It is. Uh, recognizing those uh, service members um, who were captured uh, and held uh, in captivity uh, during conflicts. Uh, so today's the day that we remember them. I'm sure everybody is familiar with the with the black flag with the silhouette uh, of a guard tower uh, and um, a human. Uh, yeah, and I think so, MIA is just it's it's terrible for so many families because they they don't get that closure. They don't, you know, was my loved one killed in action? Where they, you know, what happened to him? Um, I there are um, several local restaurants in the town where I live. When you go in, they have a table off to the side that's set for the uh, POW MIA. It's set for the meal that they're never going to get. Um, oh wow! Um, mm. And. and um, Obviously, I, 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 that's near and dear to all of our hearts as veterans and something we're very cognizant of. Uh, but that is one of those special things that uh, restaurants do is they set aside that table with the placemat and the, and the whole nine yards for that person. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So no, uh, no real way to uh, segue or transition into our topic for today. Um, so this is something that Dave and I have a bit of experience with, which is, uh, uh bloodborne pathogens or biological hazards. Uh, so that, that's going to be what we're going to discuss today. Ew, so yucky I promise, stuff. Dave, Keep your fluids off of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, there are very few times that I'm speechless. This is one of them. I, I don't know how to. Okay, that's the podcast for today. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not make this a human be, resources complaint here, guys. Because it's yucky. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it happens so, in the workplace. It does. And is it just confined to medical facilities? Absolutely not. Every environment. That's correct. So should let's say I own a um uh, a middle mid-sized insurance agency, you know, employing about 15, 20 people um, in an office setting. Do I need to talk to my employees about uh, bloodborne pathogens? 
Yes. Well, what would I need to talk to them about? Certainly incidental contact. Somebody has a nosebleed, somebody falls, bangs her head. Uh, somebody's uh, dog jumps up and scratches the Ooh. out of their arm. And uh, uh, you have a um, a uh, an event, uh, an incidental, I'll call it an incidental event. You guys might have a different name for that. Uh, no, I mean, that, that, that works. I mean, because, you know, um, I, I'm loath to use the term accident. Um, incident is um, a good way to describe uh, an event that occurs. And to your point, as you were uh, demonstrating it, the folks that uh, listening couldn't see that Tim was demonstrating uh, where he had a laceration uh, slash puncture uh, and uh, it, it started scabbing over. But prior to that, when you have um, uh, body fluids, blood, uh, et cetera, um, you need to ensure that you uh, keep keep that to a minimum and don't let it uh, spread to other people. So, yeah, so, this is where we practice our universal precautions. Yes. And what is a universal precaution? Universal precaution is that if it's wet and it doesn't belong to you, protect yourself. <laughs> I was, was going to say, is it, is, it, is it the thing that you put into the uh, universal translator and it, it tells you to stay away? There's <laughs> um, our Star Trek plug for the day because we missed national star trek day yeah um <clears throat> that's correct universal precautions you treat everything as if it's potentially infectious um because you don't know what other people may or may not have been exposed to or what they may or may not be carrying so you have to protect yourself and others in the event of uh coming into contact with um blood or other body fluids so uh, I know that you guys will remember this, but just after, and we we just, you know, we just observed uh, 9/11, uh, the anniversary of 9/11. But do you guys remember what occurred direct? Well, I wouldn't say directly after, but within the uh, year after 9/11, and what happened at the Senate Hart Building and multiple postal facilities, um, people started receiving uh, packets of white powder. And the Senate Hart Building, I believe, like you guys correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't, I didn't look it up because this is off the cuff. I believe that that was determined to have been uh, anthrax. It really was anthrax. Mm -hmm. So yeah, keeping in line with the biological hazards, what should you do in the event you receive something like that uh, in the mail or at your office? This is tough for small businesses that might be the target because they have a good public image. I mean, we're out here everywhere uh, doing social media and public things and, and people could want to lash out again. I'm kind of walk us through what we should be considering for our companies that uh, our listeners out there who have smaller companies who don't have the resources of the federal government behind them. So. So one of the things that you should do is, is uh, I think we have a bunch of other things that we can do. I think we have a bunch of other things that we can do. I think we have a bunch of other things that we can do. I think we have a bunch of other things that we can do. I think we have a bunch of other things that we can do. I think we have a
much money to have them. I mean, that's pretty rather than whatever. I'm going to have a way to address that. Craig, I think you need to switch to a different subspace frequency. What, can you guys not hear me? Oh, now we can hear you just fine. You went Klingon for a minute. Yeah, I'm going to go downstairs and have a conversation with my wife <laughs> and her company. <laughs> that may generate a bloodborne pathogen of the uh... <laughs> of the nose. Right? <laughs> not, not, not might. Well, um, so um, <clears throat> the emergency. Even though that you know, depending on your size, most people may like, hey, you know, I don't need to have an emergency action plan, you know, anything like that. Uh, but it's always a good idea to have something written down, some type of plan, uh, in the event that you have an emergency, whether it's a, a hurricane, tornado, earthquake, depending on where you live, uh, and what type of natural disasters can affect you, but also man-made issues uh you you know uh spent a lot in the news here in north carolina about active shooters particularly on campus at unc um but you never know who you may irritate to tim's point being in the public sphere you never know who you may irritate and they might say you know what i'm gonna send that i'm gonna send that so-and-so uh, a little package so um have have a plan developed and if you need to develop one you can actually go to the department of homeland security uh to their website where they have um procedures uh and emergency action plans uh, and policies that you know they're templates you, you can download those and and make that to to fit your needs now does everybody need one i would say no um but you know uh if you're prepared uh, beforehand it i'm trying to think of the the old adage about being prepared and it, it's eluding me boy scouts be prepared <laughs> not not that one there's another one um anyway uh, I, I can't uh, i can't think of it off the top of my head Failing By to prepare being prepared. is preparing to fail. Uh, well, then there's the seven Ps, which we won't discuss on here. Um, but Tim's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> uh, so stay. Having lived um, them. Yes. Um, and having them yelled at me on multiple occasions. Um, so, so universal precautions, right, Craig? So so say, say there is a, a potential for exposure, right? Universal precautions that should that should help you out, right? Um, maybe keeping everybody away. Back to the anthrax thing. True, <clears throat> but after the anthrax, well, after they opened the the uh, the letter, and then the powder came out. Now you have to start thinking about um, uh, air, right? So if it you know it may not aerosolize readily but you have makeup air, return air, you've got constant air changes in any specific room, uh, and it's gonna feed into other rooms. Um, much like what we saw with um, 
with COVID, when people gathered in different parts of a building, you could still be affected um, if you uh, were on the same uh, makeup and return air. So you have to be you'd have to be pretty cautious about where you open um, anything like that, particularly if it, you know, the FBI and and um, other three letter agencies uh, have a lot of information on what to look for. Um, from a package standpoint, you know, is it oddly shaped? Uh, is it badly wrapped? Is it is the address uh, misspelled? <laughs> Did they write it in crayon? Things like that, right? And no offense to the Marines out there that uh, hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that like to have uh, crayons uh, as an after after dinner meant. Um, I was going to say they wouldn't write with them, Craig. They just eat them. That's Can correct. I have my linguine with a double cheeseburger? <laughs> yes, you, yes, you may. Yes, and, you may. And post a picture on Instagram. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm a little old for that part of it, but yes. Um, but but at the end of the day, when you know, we got a little bit off topic talking about biologic hazards. But from a bloodborne pathogen standard, bloodborne pathogen standpoint, excuse me. Um, Using universal precautions uh, is is the key to protecting yourself and your employees uh, whenever you have um, uh, an an, uh, incident where there is uh, potential for exposure. It's the best way. And you can purchase uh, bloodborne pathogen kits um, pretty much anywhere. You could buy them at, um, you know, uh, drugstores, big chain stores. Because that is one of the things that OSHA will look for as an addendum to your first aid kit. Do you have a bloodborne pathogen um, uh, kit? And it literally is just uh, absorbent uh, latex or nitrile gloves. Um, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. A biohazard bag that you can put all that stuff in once you've cleaned up uh, the spill. For larger spills, there are actually companies out there that do remediation um, of uh, large uh, spills. Uh, I don't want to get too too um, um, graphic, but uh, you know where someone has been uh, uh, injured severely uh, and uh, lost a lot of blood. So many different ways to to remediate that but only one way to protect yourself yeah so we're 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 looking to protect our our points of exposure which are you know uh mucous membranes uh your your eyes your nose your mouth and protect yourself from from punctures things of that nature so this this is where you're going to get your your bloodborne pathogens and that's so you you need the appropriate ppe to, to protect those potential routes of entry um, and always, of course, universal precaution again, uh, assuming that every every exposure is infectious. Um, so guys, like, I want to you know, circle back around. Uh, we have <laughs> we have listeners who are hospitals, uh, large companies, and they have AEDs and they have these these big kits and that. I what do the little guys need to have on hand and what should they be talking to their employees? I'll circle back around to make this really clear 
to these smaller companies like ours, we have less than 25 employees. What what should these smaller companies be considering? Even in an office environment, what, what are the minimums they should have on hand? First, they should, in their safety plan, they should have a, a written bloodborne pathogen um, exposure plan. So um, I'll, I'll let Craig take some of it away from there. So Craig, what other things should they have on hand, tangibles? So you're 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 correct. The exposure control plan um, you would need to have, uh, and those are available. Um, they're they're pretty pretty easy to find. Exceed um, also yes. want, uh, That's correct. <laughs> um, so um, the tangibles you'd want to have, as I mentioned before, a bloodborne pathogen exposure kit, uh, spill kit. Uh, to go along with and be located near your uh, first aid kit. Um, you know, depending, as I think we've talked about bleach on here before, uh, but a suitable disinfectant. Um, there are plenty out there, but in, in my estimation, uh, uh, one to 10 solution of bleach and water uh, is, is the best. I mean, it literally, it, it's what they use to basically take out everything uh because it's very it's very effective um, um and you also want to train your people uh on an annual basis uh this is the intangible piece so that they are aware of what constitutes uh, a potential exposure and how to protect themselves and who's responsible for directing um, this kind of ties back into your emergency action plan. Who's responsible for directing cleanup uh, and making sure that people steer clear uh, of that uh, um, potential uh, spell or exposure? So, so a plan, mm -hmm. uh, training, uh, and I think the plan and the training are going to dictate what supplies you actually need to have on hand and and certainly i would say being this is not my sweet spot that i uh, i deal with a lot um is that um be prepared to bring in an expert uh to outsource cleanup if it's significant if you don't know what you're doing contact a company that knows what they're doing for this cleanup uh if you do have an event um Fair, fair sometimes, it's not, sometimes it's not just a drop of uh, of blood on a desk or something. Sometimes it could be a little bit larger um, and other other fluid exposure. So yes, I agree. Call an expert if it's far beyond your scope. Yep, agreed. And, and Tim, you did mention something about um, AEDs. Um, well, it kind of you know is part of the overall um, health and safety. Uh, of uh, in an office setting, check you know check, yeah, um, and I'm I, I'm gonna try and get this right. There are some um, municipalities and counties and cities that do require uh, an AED if you reach a certain threshold. Now I don't know every threshold. <laughs> Of, of every city or county, uh, 
but those are things that we can find very easily uh, to to Dave and Tim's point. If you need uh, to reach out to an expert, you know, we're more than happy to help you uh, find what you need uh, uh, from uh, from that standpoint. We're the resource for that. Looks like they're averaging about fifteen hundred dollars uh, online, but there's um, um, I, I'll give you a, a, a. I think everybody should know first aid CPR, and I know one of the 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 pushbacks to people is that the bloodborne pathogens. I don't want to come in contact with fluids from somebody else. I, I get that. Um, the other thing is, what happens if I don't? save the person the aed kind of helps take that out of the the mix and they're about 1500 2500 dollars uh but i'll give you a real story in closing um in a previous life i used to be the operations manager for a professional baseball team and then we had a police officer that worked for us who advocated for aeds when they were far more expensive than 1500 dollars. and he advocated because he actually we had a uh, fan um have a sudden cardiac event um, um, with a positive outcome, but he said this could have been worse and advocated for that. And uh, so we bought the device in 12 months, almost to the day that police officer who was in his late 30s, early 40s, suffered a sudden cardiac event and the AED that we bought for the ballpark is what saved his life. Uh, so ended his career. I'm, I'm so. sorry. No, no, no. It's uh, so when we talk about first aid CPR and AED. So go ahead, Dave. So we talked about the the fear of you know the bloodborne pathogen. You you, you touched on that, and let me just add quickly that uh, so Craig and I worked in an industry where there was a lot of potential for exposure, um, and the medical fields where there's a lot of potential for exposure. But what you'll find is if they you learn and employ, um. Uh, universal precautions and you do it properly and you have a good plan that the incidence is is very low it's it's minuscule and usually it's because there was some other route of exposure or or opportunity for exposure that went outside the realm of the universal precautions so universal precautions in a nutshell they work that's correct Awesome. Well, guys, we're about at our time limit, so let's wrap up this episode of Bloodborne Pathogens um, on Safety Unlocked, The Morning Show. I'm Tim Neubauer with Craig Edwards and Dave Bittner. And I'm Dave Bittner. Remember, safety is everyone's business. And I'm Craig Edwards. Make it a safe day. You have been listening to Safety Unlocked, The Morning Show, a podcast for safety people by safety people. Brought to you by Exceed Safety, a full-spectrum consulting firm. Visit our website at ExceedSafety.com or call us at 919-728-SAFE. Exceed Safety.